You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jake Devereaux, joined as usual by my co-host, Matt Collins. We are here to bring you the best Red Sox coverage on the internet Monday through Friday. And we want to be part of your daily routine, so be sure to subscribe to us on Himalaya, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Um, this is your May 30th edition of the podcast, and on this episode, uh, we're, we're basically going to spend the whole time talking about how, uh, how last night's game went, uh, which might have been the ugliest pitching night of the entire year for the Red Sox, so we'll kind of break that down, and uh, then we'll give you a, a real quick preview of the uh, Yankees series, which starts tonight, so uh, good thing for the Red Sox is it gets easier. Uh, <laughs> Hotels.com is bringing you this episode. Um, don't hate like your friend's trip. Don't be that guy. Just looks at pictures and uh, likes them even though you wish you were there. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. All right, Matt. We were talking yesterday uh, about Ryan Weber and um, you know how well he's been pitching and kind of what they're going to do with them with their their roster crunch when Eovaldi comes back and then uh our boy goes out and lets up seven earned last night against the Indians didn't look good I mean you saw what happened I mean he what happens when he doesn't have his command I mean he doesn't have the stuff to really get away with anything he walks a very fine line and when he was went out against Toronto and through those six innings and allowed the one run or whatever he did. Um, he was all over the edges of the zone. He was hitting his spots. He was, I mean, he has movement on his pitches. It's not easy to square up, but it's also not very hard and it's not very, it's not super sharp. Um, so yeah, I mean, he left, if you look at his own plot, there's a million pitches right in the fat part of the zone. And I mean, the Indians don't have a great lineup, but they have, a good enough lineup to punish bad stuff in the middle of the zone. I mean, every major league lineup has that. So I don't know that this changes a ton for Weber long term. I mean, we kind of already knew that this is what he would look like if he didn't have his command. Um, it's just he's going to have to do a lot better whenever he gets another chance. Yeah, it seems like... Um he he realized really early on that he did not have his command and went to that curveball a lot. And uh, it really, you know, even though that was his most effective pitch last night, um, it just it's not enough to get by with. And when he's going well, he he needs to have his sinker. Um, I mean, that's who he is. He's a sinker pitcher, which isn't super common anymore. But, I mean, he we saw it against Toronto again. I mean, that was what he leaned on in that start when he's hitting the bottom of the zone and hitting the corners with that sinker. I mean, it's a really hard pitch to square up. That's There's a reason that so many guys have thrown in the past with success. So, yeah, I mean, he wasn't feeling it today. He threw some bad ones. He threw a really flat one to Santana that ended up going for an opposite field home run. So, yeah, I mean, the curveball wasn't terrible. I mean, he threw, he spun some good ones, but that, if that's going to be the pitch he leans on, it's going to be a long night. Yeah, it certainly was for him. Um, and looking at those two zone plots from the last two starts, this one and the one against Toronto, uh, for him, 
Um, the thing that I noticed too is that um, he was leaving a lot of balls inside the righties that were just getting punished, um, and that goes along with the command that you were talking about that he just didn't have last night. Um, when you're leaving balls inside at that velocity, uh, that's a recipe to just get wiped out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't really matter where you're throwing it when you're when you're at that velocity. I mean, even if it's away, like the Santana home run was away. It's, it's going to get crushed no matter what, especially when you're up in the zone with his kind of repertoire. We had a uh, Mookler explosion last night, though. Mookie Betts. Uh, Don't ever say that again. <laughs> one of the worst things I've ever heard in my entire life. 407-footer. Um, there was some doubt about this one, though, but it ends up going out. Yeah, I mean, he got a fastball right down the middle of the plate. And, uh he when he swings at those pitches, it usually goes a long way. Um, yeah, I mean that was the other part of the scheme. Is Shane Bieber was not good either, and he's I mean he's obviously a better pitcher than Ryan Weber. So the Red Sox got to a very good pitcher. They just didn't really have a chance to win because the pitching on their side was hot garbage. Yeah, I mean if you're looking for positives in this one, and we'll do that, so you don't just sit here and listen to us complain for 20 minutes. Um, <sighs> You know, the the offense was good. Um, Jackie Bradley Jr. had three hits in a bomb. Um, Christian Vasquez had three hits. Um, Bogey had two hits in a bomb. Looked great. Bogey just continues to impress me all season. He's been, like, quietly the most steady member of this entire team the whole year. Uh, Mookie had a couple of hits. Benny had a couple of hits, uh, including a, a really nice home run. Um, you know, I think Mookie is disappointing me this year um and i it's i don't i don't like want to harp on him too much or anything i think that's a you problem to be honest well i mean let's look at it though i mean the guy's batting 291 400 484 that's a great line right for for anybody but the thing is i think mookie's been really quiet uh in a lot of spots where typically we would have seen Mookie do damage last year. And obviously last year is like potentially the best year he's ever going to have in his career. Likely likely the best year he's ever going to have in his career. But we haven't really seen him come through in huge situations this year. Um, and I think that that's been a little bit of a reason. I don't think that's true. Really? He's. I mean, I'm looking at his splits right now. He's... Worst WRC plus is with the bases empty. His best WRC plus is with men in scoring position. His worst WRC plus is with in low leverage situations. He's well above average in medium and high leverage situations. Hmm. I don't know. It just feels that way. I think me. our expectations for Mookie Betts are just crazy high and we expect him to do something every time up in the times that he doesn't stands out more. Um, Maybe that's it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's been... I think if the expectation is last year, everybody's going to be disappointed. I mean, that was an all-time season, and Mike Trout's really the only guy you can expect to do that every year. But, I mean, Mookie's a superstar. He's playing like a superstar still. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely having a great season. Um, Still one of the best hitters on the team, I guess. There's always going to be a little bit of a drop-off when you're going from an MVP season to a just... Superstar season. Yeah, I mean, he was the best player in baseball last year. It's just, 
be nice if he could do that every year, but nobody can do that every year, except, again, for Mike Trout. Yeah, that's true. I do think, uh, just going back to, to Bogey here, I'm just so impressed with the season he's having. He's well on his way to having the best season of his career. 293 right now, 381 OBP with a 514 slugging percentage. Um, in my estimation, he's been the most consistent player on the team the entire season. Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know if he's, it's weird. And like you said, it's been kind of quiet. Um, I think that's because I don't know if he's ever really been at any point this year, the best guy on the team. Like there's always been somebody who's been red hot. That's kind of overshadowed him, whether it's Moreland, Javis, Devers, Martinez for a little bit. I mean, Bogarts has always kind of been the second or third hottest hitter on the team, but he's also been that all year long. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's been a huge presence in the middle of that lineup. Yeah, he's been great. Um, man, I'm impressed with the uh, the immediacy of your defensive Mookie Betts there. That was uh, you were Johnny on the spot with those stats. It was like you were <laughs> reading my mind. <laughs> well, I kind of had a feeling I knew what you were gonna say. <laughs> All right, that's called on-air chemistry right there. <laughs> um, let's get back to the pitching, though. We can't give these, the people too many Do you have positives. To? Um, you know, I, yeah, we have to. Um, Josh Taylor, I want to talk about him because that wasn't overwhelmingly negative. Um, my takeaways from Josh Taylor making his Major League debut, well, first of all, finally the guy we kept telling you that was coming up uh, came up. Um, but – he allowed two hits, uh, one earned run, um, one strikeout. Um, for me, I was impressed with Josh Taylor's um, – like, I, this is the first time I've actually seen him. So um, Josh Taylor's size was impressive. Uh, his velo was impressive, 95, 96, 97 from the left side. Um, what was not impressive to me was the fact that uh, he can't really spot his fastball as well as you know, and that's not a surprise looking at his his rate stats and everything. But I, I don't think he was always putting it where he wanted to last night, and I wasn't super impressed with um, where and when he decided to go to his uh, slider. Um, he did get a strikeout on the slider, which was good. Um, but I, I think that there's clearly uh, some refinements that have to be made and. If if all those things were fine, a lefty with that type of stuff would have already been up here in the bullpen long ago. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. His ceiling isn't – I don't mean, I don't think we're talking about a potential late inning reliever here or anything. Um, but, yeah, I mean, command's always kind of been his big issue. It was the big issue in the start of, in, insofar as there was a big issue. But, uh, I mean, I think you also have to take into account – I don't know how much – weight you put into this or how much weight we should put into this but I mean like you said it was his first major league start there's probably some butterflies going on I never really know how I mean we I feel like we definitely have to grade on a curve with that information I just never really know how much you should adjust yeah yeah I mean I think anybody would be nervous for sure yeah I mean it's human nature yeah and he, he did settle down a little bit um yeah I think he gave up the double right away yeah, I think that was the first battery phase. Uh, yeah, that was um, Jose Ramirez, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I just still can't get over the season that guy's having. It's so He's weird. He's been good. Me. He had a good couple of games against the Red Sox, I'll tell you that. I, I guess was, they're the only ones that didn't get the book, just feed him breaking balls. I feel like it's more likely that he's just turning it around. I hope <laughs> he's so. He's too good to stay this bad. 
I mean, seriously, there's no way that those two seasons as a whole were generated without hitting breaking balls. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's always smarter to look at two full seasons than two full months. Yeah. Um, so some fantasy advice here before we go to the break. Yeah, hang on to Jose Ramirez. He'll be fine. Um, all right, Matt. Let's uh, let's take a quick break here. Uh, we'll get a word from our sponsor, and when we come back, we'll uh, put on our gloves and our boots and uh, jump into the real bad part of the bullpen. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. That's from BlueChew.com. Blue, like the color blue. Bluetooth brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in discreet package, so no in-person stock, no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners at bluechew.com. You get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code MLB. You just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB, to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Okay, welcome back for segment two. Uh, let's jump right into the bullpen here. Um, we did get the return of uh, Colton Brewer to the bullpen yesterday, uh, which I think on the show yesterday I had said that I didn't think that he would get the call because I didn't realize that 10 days had already passed. It um, hadn't. It's oh. uh, Moreland, Moreland went on the I.L. So oh, that's that right. That goes away with an injury. That okay. That would that would explain it. So, yeah, that's another thing we have to hit on. Moreland uh, went to the I.L. Um, with uh, a lower back, uh, I don't know, what do you want to call it, strain? I think they called it a strain. Yeah, so he's having a little bit of lower back pain. That obviously hurts the Red Sox a little bit. Um, having his bat out of the lineup, that power. Um, but Cole, yeah, I don't. Well, just somewhere. I don't think it's anything too serious. And uh, I mean, I think it's just he's a little banged up. This is an opportunity to get an extra pitcher on the roster. And they have Pierce, who's starting to look better. They have Chavis. They have Brock Holt back in the lineup, and Holt's looked really good since coming back. So I think they have the depth at that specific spot to get by with a short injury. Obviously, you don't want anything long-term, but for now, I don't think it's a major, major thing. Yeah, I would agree. I'm not super worried about it. Um, I am super worried about Colton Brewer, though, uh, whose name I unfortunately have to say again, um, and who uh, came into the game last night, uh, pitched one inning, uh, gave up two earned runs, two hits, um, only struck out one, walked guy. Um, I'm just not impressed with Colton Brewer whatsoever, um, and I, I know he hasn't had a good season this year, 5.87 ERA. Um, but the the thing that kills me is I just feel like uh, hitters, um, especially lately with him, know when he's about to throw everything. And I think that you know one of the things that I looked at when I was looking at this was 
what his release point is like uh, on all of his pitches. And all of his pitches have extremely different release points to the point where there's almost no tunneling going on. And for, for people who aren't familiar with tunneling, it's basically when you're you're making it look like all of your pitches are being released from the same spot. So it's essentially harder to pick up on your pitches. Um, and Colton Brewer does not do a good job of that at all. And that coupled with the fact that he doesn't have great command, um, I think really hurts him. And we saw that again tonight. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a guy who um, should be down in AAA working on some stuff. And the Red Sox just don't have the depth to allow that to happen. So, I mean, obviously it's hurting them and it's hurting his development. And I mean, it's not, it's not great. <laughs> their depth, I mean, we knew their pitching depth this week and it's, it's coming back to bite them on the field. And it's also coming back to bite them in terms of development for some guys who, I mean, I still think Brewer's stuff is solid. And I mean, if you could figure out, that command and figure out how to mix his pitches and hide his pitches better, I think he could have some success. But like I said with Darwin's and Hernandez, you don't want to be doing this kind of development in the majors and they're kind of forced to with Brewer. Yeah, and, and again, like he is obviously older and not quite, you know, a Yeah, prospect. I mean, he's not a young guy. Yeah, uh, the same way that Darwinson is. But nonetheless, you know, this guy wasn't acquired as a finished product. There's a reason why they were able to get him for a – you know, mid twenties, double A uh, hitter um, from from San Diego. So there is there is still work to be done with him. Um, after him, Vel- Hector Velasquez came in and uh, clearly just didn't have it tonight. I mean, s- sneakily, Hector Velasquez has almost a six ERA on the year. After you know, starting off with some good performances early in the season, he just hasn't been very impressive at all. Pitched two innings, gave up four earned runs, struck out four. Um, but also gave up four hits and a walk last night. Just um, I didn't think his stuff was was anything to write home about. And you know, age old story with him, the command just wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, he was the one who sort of. I mean, he let this game turn into a blowout. Um, it was ten to six when he came in. It was fourteen to six by the time he finished his first inning. Um, the one good thing you could say is that he threw a scoreless inning in the eighth, and that was the first. They had just allowed a run in nine straight innings, so he mercifully ended that streak. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a mop-up guy right now, and it's just it's not looking good. This is He's always kind of gotten by with subpar stuff, and it always felt like he was walking a tightrope, and now it seems like he fell off. Yeah, five called strikes for him in 45 pitches is not going to do it. Yeah, no, he needs uh he needs more than that. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, he's he's kind of making it really easy to uh, decide who's going to be the one going down when uh, Brian Johnson gets activated. Uh, I know I'm bigger on Johnson than you, but um, I think Johnson's got more consistent command than Hector Velasquez does. Yeah, I'd rather see Johnson than Velasquez. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Brewer gets that demotion though. I'd be totally fine with not seeing him anymore too. Yeah, I mean either it's not it's not great. They have too many options so that would be fine to send down. Alright, let's keep the people going with some positivity here. Uh Heath Embry came in and um didn't look awful to me. Uh had gave up two hits, but still limited the damage. Um didn't give up any earned runs, struck out a couple guys. Um 
quietly Heath Hembry has his ERA down under three at two eighty eight right now. Yeah, Hembry's been solid this year. Um he's got twenty nine strikeouts and twenty five innings. Um he's probably the fourth guy in this bullpen right now. Absolutely. Um, I mean I he's definitely ahead of Brazier. Um I almost I know I'm like the low guy on Workman. Um but I'm like close to having that him and Hembry even. Is it just because of Workman's control problems? Yeah, and I don't I still don't think Workman has I mean his stuff isn't that great. Um and I and somebody I want somebody who can miss bats more in that role. Um but at the same time Hembry's much more liable to uh give up home runs, so um Henry's big thing is if he's facing all righties, he's good. As soon as a lefty comes in, all bets are off. Yeah, yeah, he's not very good against lefties. Um, last night he threw 20 fastballs, just two slide Johnsons. What do you yeah. think about those? Sure. <laughs> I just wanted to say slide Johnson. I, I know you did. I'm going to be honest, I didn't really watch that ninth inning because the game was pretty much over at that point and I was kind of disgusted, so. Yeah. I wasn't really paying attention. No, his his fastball command was good, and, and the reason why he didn't go to the slider very much at all is because he got five swinging strikes on his fastball. Um, they were they were kind of swinging through. The velo was good. It had a little bit of late movement on it. Um, I thought it just he just he just had it with the heater tonight, um, so he didn't really need to go to it. And especially he he seemed like he was spotting it. So um, He's good. I I don't know if I would put him above Workman. Um, just to your point there, I still. I don't think I put him ball. above him, but I think they're somewhat on equal footing. I think they're close. Um, I definitely don't think that you know Workman, and I think that he's considered this by a lot of Sox fans right now, especially with the season he's having. I don't think he's close to Barnes uh, and uh, Walden. Um, I would put Barnes and Walden a lot closer to each other than uh, those two. Oh, I would put Walden closer to Workman than I would to Barnes. I don't think anybody's close to Barnes in this bullpen. Um, Matt, you might have a slightly biased opinion of of Barnes as well. I it's this that's crazy. Matt Barnes is so much better than anyone else. But can you disclose to the people your uh, love fest for for Matt Barnes? Yeah, this, this I, uh, is an ongoing thing. Yeah, so my thing with Matt Barnes is I have looked at his numbers and I've seen that he's outstanding, and so that's it. <laughs> he's so much better than everybody in that bullpen, and I don't think I, – I think that's fact. I don't know how you could even argue that. No, he's great. He is great. Um, I just think that Walden has had an awesome year too. And I, he has. I, the Barnes has had three awesome years. Wow. Like, I can't Walter, disagree with Walden's, you. 20 innings, I don't know. I don't think that Walden's as good as he's been showing. I think we're going to see some adjustment. He'll be fine, but he's more in that workman role where he should be like a six-inning guy, and they just don't have the depth to push him into that role. Okay. I got I got a little bit more confidence in our boy Walden than you do, but uh, not to take anything away from Barnes. The guy's been one of the best pitchers in baseball this year, so I love him. Um, that about wraps it up. Um, we have the Yankees coming up uh, tonight, so it doesn't get any easier for the Red Sox. Um, good news is Chris Sale's on the mound. Bad news is uh, Red Sox face a lefty in J.A. Happ tonight. 
Um, what do you expect out of this one? Yankees won again last night, by the way, or yesterday, seven and yeah. nine, so they just don't lose. Um, this series could be very good, or it could be the series where we start to only look at the wild card standings for the rest of the year. Um, they're seven games back right now, so they get four against them, and if they lose three out of four, things get really ugly really quickly. Yep, we're going to know a lot more about where this team stands uh, for the rest of the year after this one. Uh, so, watch the game, and there's no bees tonight to compete with it, so it'll be it'll be the only show in town. Um, that about does it for the podcast. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can subscribe to the show on your new podcast app, Himalaya. Uh, you can also use Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And when you get in your car, please tell your smart device to play Locked on Red Sox, and it will do that automatically. Uh, Himalaya, though, if you haven't tried it, it's free. It's super easy to use. It uh, has every single podcast you love or are searching for. Um, and basically, the benefit to this is you can make personally curated playlists uh, based on your tastes. You can theme your collections, whether it be comedy, mystery, thriller, sports. Um, you can follow your favorite shows or creators there just like you can on other podcasts. You can like and comment on other people's, um, and you can make shareable playlists. So um, there's a lot of fun stuff that you can do with this, and, and I think the best thing about it is that you know this robust app is is free for all of you guys. So it's it's really cool. Definitely check it out. Um, if you like the show, please go on rate and review us, and follow us on Twitter. You can follow the Locked On Red Sox account at lo underscore Red Sox. You can follow Matt at Matt R Y Collins, and you can follow me at, at Dev Jake. You can ask us questions and interact with us there. Um, also, urge other Red Sox fans to check out the show. We appreciate that. Get us in more ears. Um, fans of the league as a whole, tune into Locked On MLB to get an overview of what's happening in the league in just 15 minutes. So thanks so much, and we'll be with you for Friday's edition of the show tomorrow.